Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, it's Thanksgiving, so Vince and I are going to tell you all the Dodger-related things that we are thankful for. So, let's get Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Dodger fans. I am Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential, and this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Vince and I are doing a split episode today, so he will be with you for the second half of this show. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every day. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I want to apologize really quick if you normally... Watch us on YouTube. Yesterday's episode showed up late. I uh, made a mistake. I recorded it late. And so by the time I was uploading it, it was already the next day. And so when that happens, sometimes things get messed up. And so it ends. So anyway, long story short, it got scheduled for this morning at 1 a.m. instead of yesterday morning at 1 a.m. like I should have. So I didn't catch it until last night and put it out immediately last night. Uh, so sorry about that. We'll try to do better. We are gooder at talking about the Dodgers than we are at managing technology. But this one hopefully will be up bright and early on Thanksgiving morning so you can watch it if that's how you choose to do it. If you listen where you get podcasts, that's great too. Wherever you do it, we really appreciate you making us your first listen every day. And speaking of appreciating things, today's episode is going to be Vince and me talking about the things that we are thankful for, uh, Dodger related things. There's plenty of things in life to be thankful for. And so we're not going to get into all of them. Although I do love my wife and kids and I hope they know that. Um, and I probably love other people too. If you're listening, mom, yeah, I love you. Um, but, uh, we're going to talk Dodger related stuff and you know, it's, it's just, it's a wonderful time to be a Dodger fan. It's always a wonderful time to be a Dodger fan. Even I've grown up through some pretty bad teams. Luckily, the Dodgers have never had really bad teams. Like they've, the franchise has never had, lost 100 games in a season, but they had some kind of bad teams in the, in the early 90s that uh, I remember, uh, late 80s, early 90s, or maybe 90, 89. Anyway, uh, there were some bad teams. And yet, through it all, we love our Dodgers and we will continue to. So we're going to talk about the things we're thankful for. Today's episode will not have any ads or commercials in it uh, because it's Thanksgiving. So we're just going straight through. Uh, I'm going to list five things I'm thankful for. Vince is going to list five things he's thankful for. And then you can go eat some turkey and pie and all the other good things. So uh, my first thing, Dodger-related, that I am thankful for is Dodgers uniforms. Best uniforms in baseball. There are some There are some good uniforms. I, I don't think it's far and away. Obviously, they're my favorite by far. Um, but just classically, if you're just looking at best uniforms, they're beautiful. You know, the, the crisp white with the Dodger blue is the greatest color in the world. The pop of red on the front of the uniform is perfect. It's, uh, and they're simple and they haven't changed. And that's the thing that I love the most. It's, if you look at teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Cardinals and the Cubs, you know, basically those teams, if you showed a game, uh, if you could somehow get an HD colorized version of a game from 1960 involving any of those teams, 
you wouldn't be able to tell that it was old based on the uniforms because the uniforms are about the same. And now some uniforms needed to change. Some teams didn't have good uniforms to start with, so they had to change them. That's fine. But the Dodgers, they haven't changed because they don't need to. And that's a, it's a beautiful thing. And there's, you know, I, I know it's a bias. I know it's because I'm a Dodger fan and that's fine. But when I see that Dodger script across the front of a jersey, it's just like it actually makes me feel things. And uh, I know that's cheesy and that's okay. There's a reason people like cheese. Um, Dodgers have the best uniforms in baseball. Classic, beautiful, wonderful. So that's the first thing Dodger related that I am thankful for on this Thanksgiving day. Second thing for me is I'm thankful that the Dodgers are the franchise of Jackie Robinson and Sandy Koufax and Fernando Valenzuela, all kind of trailblazers in their own way. Obviously, Jackie Robinson, everybody knows his history. He's, you know, he doesn't just belong to the Dodgers. His story belongs to baseball and to America. I mean, the, the civil rights movement of the 1960s wouldn't have happened the way it did. And probably not at the time that it did, if not for Jackie Robinson, like it was that big a deal, uh, integrating major league baseball. And so it's, it's huge. And he, you know, is a hero to everybody. And obviously, you know, that's one Sandy Koufax, kind of a lesser known, uh, pioneer in that way. Um, but the fact that he skipped a world series start, because it fell on a on a Jewish holy day and he chose to honor his religion. That's awesome. You know, and, and I think that's great uh, for Jewish players and just for people in general who want to be able to stand up for what they believe and say, you know what, some things are bigger than baseball. I think it's great. And obviously Fernando Valenzuela, the city of Los Angeles has a complicated history with the Dodgers, uh, especially the Mexican and Mexican American population of LA, which as you know, there's a lot of, uh, they had a complicated relationship with the Dodgers because when the Dodgers came in, moved into Chavez ravine, it was not with the best of feelings. Um, the, the story gets oversimplified. Sometimes I actually had Eric Nussbaum on as a guest on this podcast, you know, a year and a half ago, maybe, um, er, early in the pandemic, I think. Uh, talk about his book, Stealing Home, that talked about the whole story about how Dodger Stadium came to be built where it is. And it's not as simple. A lot of people just say, oh, the Dodgers kicked the Mexicans out of their homes. And uh, it's not that simple. Most of the people of that area had already been displaced before the Dodgers even came. It was supposed to be for a housing development that never happened for political reasons, a lot of different reasons. It's really, I mean, Eric Newsbone's book, if you haven't read it, Stealing Home, check it out. It's like a history book that is, you know, masquerading as a baseball book, which is kind of the best kind of history book. And so there's a ton of really good detail in there. But the fact is when the Dodgers were coming, there were a few families left that did have to be physically removed from their homes. And, and that left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths um, about the Dodgers. And it wasn't until Fernando Valenzuela came along uh, the first big star from Mexico in major league baseball And now, I mean, if you were to go to Dodger Stadium now and say, did you know there was a time that uh, the Mexican population of L.A. didn't really like the Dodgers? People would think you were crazy. Uh, But that's kind of what Fernando did. And, you know, and more the Dodgers kind of were pioneers in Latin America, Mexico and the Dominican Republic to appeal to the Spanish speaking uh, population of L.A. and just to, to put a good team on the field. But uh, so being that the franchise of Jackie and Sandy and Fernando, 
means a lot to me, uh, and and I appreciate it. Uh, so that's the second thing, Dodgers related, that I am thankful for on this Thanksgiving morning. Uh, the third thing, I am thankful that Clayton Kershaw's parents met. You know, I don't know how they met. I don't know when they met. I know it didn't work out for them. They divorced when he was 10. Uh, but for that brief time, what they brought into the world is my favorite baseball player of all time. Clayton Kershaw. I've had some people laugh at me when I say he's my favorite player of all time because people think that a current player can't be your favorite of all time. And it's not that I don't know baseball history. I am a big fan of baseball history. I've named children of my own after Cal Ripken and Nolan Ryan and Sandy Koufax. I have favorite players before Clayton Kershaw, but Clayton Kershaw has surpassed them all as my favorite player. Um, the what he's done on the field being literally one of the best pitchers in baseball history uh, off the field. He's, he's a great person. He's just uh, everything about him. I love, I, I, I think it's awesome. And so I am very, very thankful on this Thanksgiving morning that Clayton Kershaw's parents met and fell in love, even though it didn't last because it lasted long enough to give us Clayton Edward Kershaw on March 19th, 1988. And that's awesome. Before I get to four and five, I want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every morning. It means a ton to us that you take the time to listen to us. Uh, Vince and I often marvel with each other. We look at our numbers and and we know that there's people behind those numbers and that thousands of you are listening to us every day. It it blows us away and we couldn't be more thankful for that. So. Uh, if you're not making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every day, please do. If this is your first time listening, um, this is obviously isn't a totally indicative episode of what we do normally, but we talk Dodgers. That's what we do, and we enjoy doing it, and you can get it wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube, uh, and just keep making us your first listen every morning, and we will be happy. Fourth thing that I am thankful for on this Thanksgiving morning is Dodger Stadium. Again, it's like the uniforms. I know I'm biased. I know there are other great stadiums. I've been to almost all of them, literally. Target Field is the only current stadium I have not been to. Uh, And even if I wasn't biased, Dodger Stadium, I think it would be my favorite. It's just, it's just an amazing place. It's, it's, you can tell that it's old, uh, but not in a bad way, just in a good way. Like you walk in and you're like, this place has some history. Remember the first time I went to Yankee Stadium back in 2008? And it's like, you can tell this place has some history. The The stadium itself kind of sucked. And you, like you walked into the bathrooms and you thought you were going to get hepatitis just walking in. Uh, but, you know, but the you could tell that there was history there. Dodger Stadium doesn't have the amount of history maybe that, that Yankee Stadium had, but they've got history. And when you remember, you know, I talked about, you know, Jackie Robinson, unfortunately, never did play at Dodger Stadium. Sandy Koufax did, Fernando did, Oral Hershiser did, all these highlights, the Kirk Gibson home run, these things that we've watched our whole lives that happened at Dodger Stadium even more recently. You know, Justin Turner's walk-off home run that, that my buddy Keith caught in the outfield in the 2017 NLC, NLCS, uh, Chris Taylor's home run this year, uh, just all the Max Muncy's home run in the 18, 18th inning in the 2018 World Series Game 3. So many moments that I have been there in person for, or that I've watched on TV that I've rewatched over and over. And when I walk into Dodger stadium, it feels like home and that is super corny. I get it. But when I walk in, I'm like, man, I feel like I'm home. And when I walk in with my family, it's even better because the only thing, the only reason that I don't just move into Dodger stadium, besides the fact that they won't let me is because, you know, my family's at home. 
Uh, but when, when my family goes with me, I'm like, Oh, it doesn't get any better than this. Like build me a hotel room right here at the stadium. And I will stay here forever with my family Dodger stadium. I love the place, everything about it. The grass is beautiful. The, the, the stands, the way it's set up, it's a huge stadium by far the biggest stadium capacity wise in baseball. And yet the, the views everywhere, even the views that are technically bad views, uh, of like the game, they're cool views. And you go up to that top deck, feel like you're going to get a nosebleed. You feel like, you know, if you have vertigo, maybe don't go up there, but man, you can't beat that view. So everything about Dodger Stadium and all the improvements that they've made recently, thanks to Janet Marie Smith, who another former guest of this podcast, uh, the, the changes they've made recently to enhance what it is while also keeping the history. It's pretty amazing. Dodger Stadium just keeps getting better. And that is the fourth thing that I'm thankful for about the Dodgers this Thanksgiving morning is Dodger Stadium. And now fifth and last, uh, you thought the first ones were cheesy. I, I, it's Thanksgiving, you know, it's a day to be thankful. It's a day to be a little bit cheesy and I'm okay with that. Uh, and I'm generally okay with being cheesy anyway. I'm a, I'm a, uh, sentimental dad. So, uh, my last thing that I'm going to talk about before I turn it over to Vince to come in and take us home. I'm thankful for this podcast for you, the listeners. I'm, I get paid to talk about the Dodgers, not a lot, but more than it used to be, you know, Vince and I, uh, I don't know if you all know the history and even those of you who listen every day may not know the full history. So I'll tell a little bit of history about how this podcast got started. Uh, Vince and I met each other at spring training in 2015. He was there covering spring training for Dodgers nation. I was there covering it for baseball essential. We were both there as media and we were happened to be on the same backfield watching some Dodgers take batting practice. It was the first time I ever saw uh, Kike Hernandez hit and he was hitting home run after home run to dead center over the batter's eye uh, in center field. And I realized, man, for a little guy, this dude's got some pop. Uh, Jock Peterson was out there. Uh, you know, he was a young guy and he just uh you know, coming off, coming into his, uh, I think coming into his rookie year. So he had played a little bit of time the previous year. Um, and you know, Mark McGuire was a hitting coach. He was there with them. I remember that Chris Heisey was there and Jock Peterson couldn't believe Chris Heisey when Heisey told him that, that Heisey once hit three home runs in a game. Uh, I ended up writing an article about that because I was thinking, yeah, Chris Heisey is kind of a, an unlikely guy to hit three home runs in a game. And so I did some research on the, the least likely guys who have hit three home runs in a game. Um, I remember Jock Peterson asking Mark McGuire, uh, it seemed like he, it was with a straight face, asking him how they used to hit so many home runs as if he was totally aware, unaware of the fact that steroids exist anyway. So all that stuff was going on, but Vince and I happened to be standing next to each other, taking pictures, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, and we got to talking and we became friends and six or eight months later we were talking and, uh, you know, we'd run into each other every once in a while in the press box at Dodger stadium. Um, and, and I just told him, I said, we should do a podcast. And he said, we totally should. So we started a podcast. We called it the Scully Avenue podcast. We started it right around the time that the city of Los Angeles renamed, uh, that street to be called Vin Scully Avenue. So we called the podcast, the Scully Avenue podcast. We did it weekly for about two and a half years. I think we did 138 episodes. So almost three years worth of episodes that, that we did, uh, once a week and had a blast talking about the Dodgers at that point in time, though, no advertisers, 
no revenue coming in. It literally was costing me money because I had to pay 15 bucks a month for the hosting for the podcast. And so uh, in addition to the time we were putting in, it was also costing us money. And then uh, early in 2019, 2019, yeah, uh, David Locke reached out to me. And I was familiar with David Locke because I live in Utah. David Locke is the the radio announcer for the Utah Jazz, great broadcaster. Uh, and he reached out to me and he said, Hey, I've listened to your show. I like what you guys are doing. I am expanding my podcast network to include major league baseball. Uh, are you and Vince interested in coming over and doing a daily show, change the name to locked on Dodgers and do it daily. And Vince and I talked about it. We're like, yeah, let's, let's go for it. And since you know, uh, in, in some way, obviously it's a lot harder because we're doing it five days a week instead of one day a week. Um, and so there are some challenges. It has been tiring sometimes, uh, but it's, it's been so much fun talking about the Dodgers every single day with you guys. Uh, and when I go to Dodger stadium and I'll just be walking and people say, Hey Jeff, what's up? I listen to your show. It, it's awesome. Especially when my kids are with me, like they think that is the coolest thing that people recognize their dad at Dodger stadium. Uh, and just like, I've described baseball as the most important, unimportant thing in life. And that's basically how I feel, you know, and, and I was actually just seeing on my time hop today, a post that I wrote last year on Facebook, um, about, I was going through, uh, just sharing things I was thankful for, not Dodgers related, just in general. But on today, last year, I talked about why I'm thankful for, for baseball. And it's because of the ties that it has to the things that are important. You know, I think about, my favorite memories at Dodger Stadium, I was with family or I was with friends. And those things actually do matter. Those I mentioned, I, all the, I've been to 33, I think, 33 or 34 major league stadiums, including several that are no longer in use. And my memories of those are who I was with. I've been to a lot of them with my wife and kids. I've been to a lot of them with my best friend, Flavio. He and I have done several trips together. I've been to a lot with just my wife. I've been, you know, so I've been to all these stadiums and my memories. Yeah, it's cool to be at a stadium, but it's who I was with. And those are the things that are important. And that's what I think about when I think about this podcast, that I wouldn't do this um, just for the money because like it's not enough money to, to be worth it. But what makes it worth it is the connections I've made. Like I've made legitimate, genuine friends with a lot of you. Uh, through this podcast, through our love of the Dodgers. And it doesn't get any better than that. So that's why baseball is the most important, unimportant thing because it ties us together as people. And, uh, you know, that's probably about as much cheese as you all can handle today. Uh, I, I assume Vince won't be quite as cheesy as me, just in general. He's he's cooler than me, younger, you know, but uh, he might get a little bit cheesy, but uh, hopefully not because you got to save room for turkey and mashed potatoes later today. But uh, that's about all I have today. Those are the five Dodgers-related things that I wanted to share with you that I am thankful for on this Thanksgiving morning. Uh, thank you again for making us your first listen every day. Uh, I love talking to you. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, Vince will give you all the info at the end. We will have one more show this this week. I didn't even mention. Yesterday, I didn't notice until I was uploading it, yesterday was our 700th episode of this show, not counting the 138 that we did of Scully Avenue. So we've done now 701 episodes of Locked on Dodgers, and we're going to keep coming at you every every weekday because we love it. So thanks for making us your first listen, and Vince will be along in a minute. Yo, 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 Vince Ampero here to take us the rest of the way on this episode. 
Shout out to Jeff for holding it down in the first half. Like I said, no ads today, so we're going straight through. Uh, Jeff said I, I wouldn't be as cheesy. That's probably correct, but I do want to reiterate one of my the five thankful things I'm or the five things I'm thankful for, uh, including the Dodgers or involving the Dodgers. Um, it's hard not to replicate a couple of the answers Jeff gave. So I'll start with those two. First one is this podcast, and and for me it's a you know a little bit different. Uh, for those of you that have been following me a while since Dodgers Nation days, or if you followed along on Chavez Ravine Fiends, or if you've been with us on the podcast side, or if you just found us on the podcast, whoever it is, whatever it is, we appreciate it. Um, you know, I never thought I had a voice for podcasts. I still don't think I have the voice, uh, but at least I have the ability to talk about the Dodgers. Um, there's not many things I could probably do a podcast about, but the Dodgers is definitely up there with one of them. And definitely, you know, appreciate Jeff. Jeff, you know, during season, it's a lot easier for us to kind of, you know, put it down. And, and uh, But Jeff probably puts in a little extra work sometimes uh, since he's more of a, a stay-at-home family man at this point in his life. And for me, you know, sometimes the I go to Dodger games or I go out with friends and I'm not going to get home till later. And, you know, it'd be a lot easier. Jeff, you can go solo today. And I appreciate him for that. So, you know, thankful for him, thankful for this podcast and, you know, thankful for all y'all. Uh, we would, we, I guess would probably still do this if you guys didn't listen, but uh, I don't think we'd be getting any money for it. So appreciate you guys. You know, we try to give it back as much as possible or be available for whoever as much as possible. And yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, like Jeff mentioned, it's cool to, to meet up with people or, or hear people say, hey, you know, I listen to your podcast or hey, Vince, you know, I recognize you. I, I, I'd love your podcast or whatever the case is. And yeah, it's it's pretty cool sometimes, uh, especially if you're with a, with some friends and, you know, that I know most of my friends don't listen to my podcast. So it's a little bit different when, you know, like there's people out there that actually do listen to it and appreciate it. And it's like, ah, that's pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, definitely appreciate that. And then the other thing I, I had the same as Jeff is Dodger Stadium. I mean, Dodger Stadium is just memories. It, it's just memories. It's family. It's, you know, baseball. It, it's everything wrapped into one. It is, you know, truly a home away from home, especially in season. I mean, ever since I was old enough, you know, I went to a few handful of games a year when I was younger, probably, you know, five, ten games a year. At, at least when I was growing up, but you know, once I got old enough to to pot, pay for my own tickets, it was you know I'm there 20, 30 times a year if I can, and it, there's just nothing like it. I, I could go there. I've been there by myself. I've been there in big groups. I've been there, you know, just me and my dad, just me and whoever, just you know, family, friends, whoever it is, and it it truly never gets old. Even if the Dodgers lose, win, whatever the case is, when I'm going to Dodger Stadium, it's a great day, and and. You know, luckily for me in, in my life, I've been able to go there a lot of times. Um, I've been able to cover the Dodgers and, you know, go from the media route with press box and, and you know, watching bread and practice on the field and going on the field after the game or whatever the case is, going to the locker room, talking to the players you know, interviewing players, things like that. I've been able to do a lot of things. And, I mean, those early trips to Dodger Stadium, without those, I don't know if, if I'd be where I'm at, um, especially, you know, not just – with podcasts, but in life, you know, I'm, I'm able to now cover baseball hundred percent of the time for work. I get to do this podcast. I have, you know, Chavez Ravine fiends running on the side and keeping everybody updated with Dodgers news. So 
yeah, there's just something about Dodger Stadium. And I think last year, not being able to go at all, you just really felt like, man, it, yeah, it, 2020 was a hard time in general. It was a tough time for everybody, you know, especially those who lost loved ones and, 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 and things of that nature. But, you know, as far as a fan, a Dodger fan, not being able to go to Dodger Stadium, uh, I remember I joked with people, you know, I, I got COVID tested at Dodger Stadium. I voted at Dodger Stadium. I got my vaccine at Dodger Stadium. Anything I could do at Dodger Stadium, I was going to do because that was all I got, the the little uh, boost I needed, little adrenaline rush that I needed from walking in there, or at least being close to it was, was enough for me. So, yeah, Dodger Stadium was definitely one of those things where, you know, I can't wait to have kids and take my kids to Dodger Stadium and uh, just, you know, complete that circle and, and fully experience every which way of Dodger Stadium. So those are the, the two for sure right there. The three is a little more, uh, you know, not selfish, I guess, but just I'm thankful for Andrew Friedman and, and, you know, Guggenheim taking over. We had, other than tickets being really cheap and being able to sit field level for like 10, 15 bucks, Frank McCourt era was, was not that great, not fun, especially towards the end once, you know, early on, it, that was fine because they were able to, to kind of mask it. After that one, you realize that they hadn't put money into scouting and they hadn't put money into development. They hadn't put money into a lot of different things. And, you know, everything was kind of running into the ground. Other than being able to go to sit field level for 10, 15 bucks, there was nothing wrong. There was nothing great about the Dodgers at that time. And, and you know, Guggenheim came over. Magic Johnson was the face of it. You know, right away they lowered parking down for a little bit. Right away they, you know, brought in guys that right back then and, and and you know started putting money into the team. And then they brought in Andrew Friedman, and, and ever since then, you know, the the Dodgers have yet to miss the playoffs with Andrew Friedman at the helm. And you know, a lot of people criticize him, even still sometimes. But it's it's hard to criticize, and and honestly, not really recently because. What did the Dodgers do at this trade deadline? They got the two best players traded at the deadline. They got Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. You know, that they, they I know Friedman and, and the organization got a little bit of flack for the Trevor Bauer signing. And then, you know, obviously everything that happened after that. So, you know, rightfully so, if, if they thought they could either change him or they thought he'd be fine or they didn't do complete due diligence, whatever the case was, um, that's the one blip and it could hurt them. Um, if it, if it ends up being an issue when it comes to salary, but at the end of the day, for the most part, these last few years that Friedman's been here, the Dodgers have been the best team or one of the best teams in baseball. Made the playoffs every year, won the division every year up until this last year, and you know he he's a driving force behind it. Obviously, having the money from the Guggenheim partners is is uh, the big part of it as well. But you know him being able to do things and they've gotten guys on the fringe or for very cheap and been able to turn it around whether you know the whole development system and Dodgers as a whole and it, it's been fun to be a Dodger fan because growing up yeah it was fun to be a Dodger fan because they have cool names big names are these big names to us Mike Piazza you know Eric Carroll's Raul Montesi all those rookies of the year in a row um you know you have Donye and all that but when I from the time I was born until Jose Lima won game three of, of the NLDS in, in 2004 I had never seen the Dodgers win a playoff game and even from them from 2004 to, 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 even if you go to 2013, when the, when this run started, I know that wasn't with Friedman, but even when this run started, you know they won the and they won some games, they won a couple of series, but they hadn't gotten past the NLCS. 
you bring in Friedman, you know, 2014 and on, they've been contenders every single year. And sometimes it hasn't gone their way. One time it did go their way. And I would imagine that another time it's going to go their way. So wanted to shout out Andrew Friedman for sure. Uh, the next one I want to shout out, I guess kind of goes hand in hand with earlier, but you know, Dodger fans, uh, it's a, it's a experience Dodger fans. And you probably get this experience with any fandom, any team, you know, fan is short for fanatic, all the, all those cliches, but Dodger fans make this fun, whether it's the ones that are outlandish and maybe, you know, going a little bit too far for my taste in terms of what they think or being negative, whether it's the ones that are maybe even too optimistic or too, you know, saying all oh, the Dodgers are fine, they'll get right. Whether it's the ones that, you know, a little more realistic and kind of don't live and die with every single game, but, you know, live and die with kind of the ebbs and flows of a season whether it's the fans that go to one game a year. I know I make fun of the wave and sometimes that, uh, a lot of times that is fans that maybe go to one or two games a year, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to get flack for the wave always, but it's still going to happen. So I don't have much say in it. And yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't be what it is, you know, being a Dodger fan wouldn't be what it is without the fans. And I think this just ties in, the first part and the second part of, of Dodge Stadium. When you're at Dodge Stadium, that's the other part too. Is you know, high fiving random people. I've high fived numerous hundreds, probably maybe even thousands of random people over the time of being a Dodger fan. From celebrating big moments, big hits, big strikeouts, big home runs, whatever the case is, and you know, even for bandwagon fans, or even for casual fans, or even for diehard fans. We all fan and we're all pulling for the same thing for the most part at the end of the at the end of the day. And uh, you know, it feels good to, to put on Dodger Hat every single day when I'm doing this podcast and and uh, you know try to unite some of these fans. So appreciate the fans. The last thing is just baseball in general. Um, like I said, I from I've been lucky now that my job is revolving around baseball. So Jeff can call baseball the mo the most important unimportant thing in his life i get to call baseball an important thing in my life because it's what funds my life it what it's what funds you know my day-to-day it is you know obviously if baseball was gone i could probably find another way but at this point baseball is important and baseball has given me almost everything i've gotten in life or sports in general but you know obviously baseball more specific now with the dodgers and and you know with my job now bleacher part at handling BR walk-off and, and everything else. And and just baseball, there's just, you know, playing sports growing up is, is teaches you a lot, probably teaches you more about being an adult and living life and handling things as an adult than even school does. School teaches you things you might need to know in order to survive and on a day-to-day basis, mainly reading and writing. Everything else is a little bit subjective uh, in terms of, I guess, surviving in everyday life. But baseball teaches you a lot of things, you know, discipline. Um, it teaches you, you know, teamwork. It teaches you leadership, depending who, you, what kind of player you are or what you can see. You can always at least to see what a leader is or be that leader. You know, it's taught me different things. Whatever the case is, it, it's just been a part of my life, you know, been part of family, friends, got a lot of friends from it got a lot of family into it, you know, bringing people 
teaching piece, people baseball is fun. I was a little league coach back in the day and, you know, probably get back into that at some point in my life. And I've taught a handful of people that either didn't like baseball, didn't know baseball, had no idea about baseball. And now they are either big Dodger fans or big baseball fans, or they can at least go to a game and know what's going on for the most part. And for those that don't, you know, I, I'm, Anytime something crazy happens in a Dodger game, I'm getting texts like what ha- what just happened or what was that? Or anytime there's a rumor with the Dodgers, I'm getting messages and stuff like that. So it keeps me, you know, I got best friends because of baseball. I got everything, you know, everything that, that I've got now, uh, I can kind of track back to, to baseball and sports in general. So, you know, just got want to be thankful for that. And uh, yeah, I don't know if that's cheesy or not, but if it is, it is. If it's not, it's not. Um, those are the five things. I can get into individual players. I can get into a lot of different ways, but, you know, just the the, the whole generality of baseball and Dodger fandom is just something that, you know, I I didn't think that being a Dodger fan would kind of lead to everything that it's led to. And um, it's definitely helped that they've been good. And like I said, that's shout out to Guggenheim and Andrew Friedman for that. And definitely, you know, made me friends and will probably make me more friends and more, you know, connections and more people in the future. And and uh, I'm ready for it. So uh, thank you to everyone who's listening to this on Thanksgiving. If you are, enjoy the day with your family, friends, whoever you celebrate with, if you celebrate. If not, it's just another random Thursday for you. There's some football on. Check it out. I don't think there'll be any baseball signings or news for us that happens on, on this Thursday. So. Uh, enjoy the day how you enjoy it and that's going to do it for us that'll do it for today's episode we'll be back tomorrow i'm not sure if we'll be together or split we'll see we'll figure out something uh to talk about whether it's dodgers or maybe there's some news that happens i guess the one news that did happen i don't know i'm assuming jeff talked about it is steven matt signed with the cardinals so one more guy off the off the book for the dodgers but either way that's going to do it for today. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to make us your first listen every single morning. We're here every weekday morning. Uh, unless you forget to hit the right tab on when to schedule it. But for the most part, here every weekday morning, at least on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts or both, if you want to listen on both. Um, you can find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. You can find Jeff on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Amperio. You can DM us on any of those accounts for questions, comments, concerns. You can also send those via email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com, or via voicemail or text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us. When you get in your car, if you're at home, tell your smart advice play podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one.